and hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, I have the Boston badass herself, Paige. Say hello to everybody, Paige. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you so much, John, for having me back. I mean, You're anytime I get a chance. Anytime I get a chance to talk horror movies with you, you know I'm dizzy down. So exactly, definitely. I told you I'd be right back, and I actually wasn't lying. I would be. And guess what, guys? I didn't get killed I, when I said it. So there you go. I'm glad that you came back. As a matter of fact, we have Ghostface himself over here, and Jason Pitts, uh, the independent director from Oscar Raids. Hello to everybody, uh, Ghostface slash Jason. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> and tonight we are actually talking Scream, the 2022 version that just came out today, which is also known as Scream 5, which basically I'm that's what I'm calling it. I'm calling it Scream 5, even though this is actually a callback to the original. This is actually a sequel to the original Scream franchise, the one that actually got everything started. And we'll get into meat and potatoes and the grind of what we are talking about in a few minutes on what we mean. But Let's just go in with the introduction of this. Basically, it goes in 25 years later after Billy Loomis and Stu Major um, terrorized the town of Wood- Woodsboro High School. Tara Carpenter is home alone with Ghostface. Amy breaks in and attacks her. Tara is heavily wounded and but survives. So, like every other screen movie, it opens up to a stabbing. And who would have thought? <laughs> but. Right? So happens to be this person actually survives the stabbing versus Drew Barrymore and all the other screams. So this is very different and everything in tone and atmosphere, something that I really did appreciate with the very with with this, because this is actually a callback to Drew Barrymore and everything, too, with the way that it's introduced. But it's introduced to the electronic locking, uh, smart locks. We're supposed to feel safe and secure in our home. And instead, it winds up backfiring like every other electronic device does but what did you guys think of the introduction to everything um honestly that kill was like one of my well not kill sorry that attack was one of like my favorite attacks throughout the whole movie because i like that whole aspect of it being one an attack not a murder but at the same time we don't know at first if she's going to survive or not and the technology they used i thought was like fabulous with the upgrades of yeah it's not it's not the 90s anymore like yeah now we do have these locks that we can we control everything on our phones now and i really like that aspect of how they used everything i thought it was funny that they had a uh a landline because i was very surprised that she actually had a landline but they were using the phone as the technology though of two of how it would all start and such like that and man ghostface is this more devilish than he has been in a very long time He's a pissed off ghost face. I'm just going to say that. Just going based off of how he chased her around in the kitchen. Also, too, I like how the banter back and forth between her. Oh, I'm just more of a Baba Duke fan. And everybody mm-hmm. doesn't like Baba Duke. So people actually chain people for who love Baba Duke. So this is pretty much like us getting back at people that love certain movies, though, in a sense. Yeah, it's more like psychological well. uh, horror aspect of it. Right. And I love that. And my favorite, sorry. My dog just like opened my door. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite thing aspect of it was the callback to the original scream was the ghost face asking her like, "What's your favorite scary movie?" Like, and then playing doing the horror quiz kind of in a sense, mm-hmm. the horror trivia of like who was the killer in Friday the Thirteenth and such like that. And I love that they incorporated the stab movies into this one, and that's what we got for the trivia were the stab questions in a sense. I thought that was smart, to be honest with you, to incorporate stab really in some like way yeah. instead of doing like the regular uh, generic thing that we've been seeing with all the other uh, screen movies. But Jason, what did you think about the opening scene and all that other stuff that we just mentioned? 
Yeah, I think the opening scene was probably uh, one of my favorite parts in the entire thing. I think it was very, very well done. Really set the tone uh, for the movie. And uh, uh, Ortega is a fantastic actress. Yes. Uh, and she she really impressed me, not only in that opening scene, but through the entire movie. I think I think she stole the show for me. Yeah, um, same. And um, yeah, it really... Uh, incorporated how brutal Ghostface was going to be in this movie. The hand, the knife through the, uh, this is, this is spoilers, right? Yeah. Knife through the hand. That was, that got me spoilers. Oh, yeah. Um, That's what I meant. Like this was like one of the more brutal, like the yeah. brutal we've ever seen Ghostface himself. And the attacks were just like insane in this one. And it started right off from the beginning. And like you said, Jason, like this was that opening scene was probably one of my favorite scenes in the film. Yeah, mine too. And like the way she fought back, I love that as well. Uh, Ghostface got kind of jacked up himself in that in that scene, um, but it, it was it was just very very well done. Uh, the callbacks to the original were great. Uh, incorporating uh, the technology, like like you said, Paige was was really smart. Um, I I questioned the landline as well because I haven't honestly I haven't seen a landline in like five years, five or six yep, years. Yep, same. <laughs> I, 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 I think they could have done without that. I agree. I think they should have based it more off the technology of the cell phone because they were kind of already starting that in a sense. Yeah. Um, Especially yeah, let's with the honest. cloning. Yeah, I'm let's real... be honest for a sense. No one has landlines anymore. No yeah. one does. I do. <laughs> you I still, you I and do. the carpenters are the only one that do. <laughs> yeah. the, the reason why I do, though, is because my dad has a pacemaker, so he has to actually have a landline phone. Okay, that so makes sense. Yeah, that's safety purposes. That's important. Health right? Exactly. I love one of my favorite things about the scene is that she lives because that was like the first major twist. Because every, I guarantee you, everyone going into the theater watching this movie expected her to die, Um, just because that's what we've seen four times before, right? Um, Right. So her her surviving was the first huge twist for me. I was like, wow, this is this is a different screen movie. Exactly, and, that's, and that was even in the right. Oh, um, no, that was for me. That was like the biggest thing was usually all the opening scenes are kills. So the fact that we actually got an attack, and even in the trailer, they kind of touch upon it. Oh my gosh, my dog JT. is going right there now. Uh, even my dog <laughs> was like, <laughs> even dad, dog. I have to agree, JT. I have to agree. I'm a big Patriots fan. That made me cry man tears over the week. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one second, guys. I apologize. No problem. It's okay. But no. Um, but here's another thing, though, too, that I really did appreciate from the film itself was the fact that you have a tough character, like you mentioned, with the sister, and she's trying to survive. She's trying to take down Ghostface. She's not this wimpy little girl or anything like that. She's a tough character that went face to face, toe to toe with Ghostface himself. And she, he stabs her through the arm, through the hand, which I thought was really brutal. And then she winds up breaking her leg, mm, and just yeah. just goes on ahead and just tears her from limb to limb, and everything. And she's still fighting. This yeah. is one of those things that I was really impressed with and really surprised about. To be honest, me too. You were trying to say something, Paige. I'm sorry. Uh, she's telling her dog to get out. Yep, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No, I'm just making sure I didn't interrupt you. That's all. But, you know, another thing, too, is I'm expecting her to die. I was not expecting her to survive, just like every other uh, screen movie. And also, too, 
whenever she's fooling around with the automatic locks and then Ghostface turns around and says, what makes you think that I'm still outside? Who says that I didn't have enough time to come inside the house while you're fooling around with the locks? Then all of a sudden he pops up behind her and he just goes to town on her like you would actually see him do every single screen movie. And this movie was very smart at doing something different that I was not expecting. And we find out why that he made her survive, though, at, at the very end. So um, then after that, it goes into the other stuff that I thought was really good, where it goes into Tara's older sister, Sam, who is informed by Tara's friend. Wait, what? Right. You, you're, you, you're insinuating that Ghostface intended her to live? Yeah. In the beginning? Because, yeah. Because think of it like this. They want to go on ahead and do a rehash of something different. It wasn't called a reboot or anything like that. Think of it like this. They want to kill off the legendary characters so that way their story could be told mm-hmm. through their lenses. So the way the story is just built around them. And see, I think yeah. that... Yeah. Oh, see, my thing was... I mean, I think Ghostface was definitely trying to kill her. Absolutely, but yeah. he was finding mm-hmm. a way to get Sam Carpenter back. That was right. the, that was the big thing that Ghostface was trying to do. That's what the whole film was about: was bringing her back mm-hmm. into Woodsboro because she's been away for so long, right? And he wanted to expose like her secret. And obviously, we'll get further down the line of the motives and what this whole film is really about. But for me, I think Ghostface was trying to at all, at all costs, no matter what, just getting Sam back there, whether it be mm. killing her or just like brutally like attacking her. But I think, yeah, I, I, I think the goal was to kill her, and like a, a yeah. death gets her there. Her in the hospital gets you there, so like either he failed in his in his secondary goal, but succeeded in his primary goal of getting her there. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I thought it was set up beautifully at the very end, to be honest with you, on how he gets her there. And also, too, if you think about it like this, though, too, he's also trying to figure out a way to get Nev Campbell back into this thing too, trying to figure out how to get uh, try and get her character back over there as well. And he does a very, and of course, he knows that if he goes on ahead and gets Dewey on board, Dewey's going to reach out to Gail, and then Gail's going to go on ahead and probably reach out to uh, Nev Campbell's character. But of course, instead, we wind up seeing Dewey reach out to Cindy instead. So it was, I liked how they actually played into that narrative because I wasn't sure. I was like, how is this going to connect into Cindy? How is this going to connect into it? Because that's how I was doing it at the very beginning of the film. It's like, how does this connect? There has to be some type of connection to make a fifth installment of Scream to connect everybody and to bring everybody back. And, you know, like I said before, Tara's older sister, Sam, she's out of town. She's informed by Tara's friend who was about the attack. Sam returns to Woodsboro with her boyfriend, Richie, to visit Tara at the hospital where she reunites with the rest of Tara's friend group. Amber Freeman, twins Chad, and Mindy Meeks Martin, and Liv McKenzie. Liv Summer Fling Vince Schneider is the next to be murdered. And, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so no, I, I thought it was a nice way to be able to get the legacy cast like back involved with it by obviously them having to go to Dewey to be like, you've dealt with this before, we need your help, kind of in a sense. For me, I mean, I'm going to say it straight off the bat. My expectations were so high for this film because I am a diehard Scream franchise fan that my expectations were so high that this film did not meet my expectations. And I think that was just because 
the marketing kind of tooled me a little bit because of how I thought it was going to pan out. I quick little TED talk of how I thought it was going to go down a little bit. I personally thought that it was going to be more evolved around like a podcast or like right now murder mysteries are so popular that I thought a great way was very similar with how they did it, like how they got the legacy ah. cast back in it, but more or less that there was a like 25th anniversary ah. of the murders of, I'm sorry, my dogs are like going at each other. Um, after how to, to memorialize like Woodsboro as a whole kind of to bring people together to get these to happen kind of in a sense. So I wanted to be more focused primarily on like how the fourth one was like them kind of podcasting that this would, would evolve more into that. But in a sense, it was very smart of how they took the approach to get their legacy characters back involved with this one. And I will be right back to take care of my dogs. <laughs> hey, John, I'm with you 100%. I went into the movie as well. Uh, I'm also a huge Scream fan. Um, and I my expectations were extremely high. And they were they, they were not met on the levels that I was hoping that they would be. Um, but I, I don't I don't know if I believe that uh, the – I'm not sure that um, the ghost face killers were intending for the legacy characters to come back. I don't think they that was something that was on their radar until it actually happened um, because none, once we find out who the killers are, you can go back through the film and it, it, it was Sam who initiated contact with Dewey. It wasn't anyone else. Um, right. he's like, he's like, she's like, we need to go to an expert and, and nobody pushed that decision on her. That was a hundred percent her decision. Um, so I don't, I don't think that, um, Dewey Gale and, and Sydney coming back was even on their radar, uh, until it actually happened. And then when it did happen, it was like, Oh, this is an honor. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Okay. I gotcha. Um, JTE asked this, did, the Skeet Urich visions work for you guys? It did not work for him. Not for me either. Not for me either. It did not need to be there at all. Yeah. Ideally, Sam did not. I get the whole aspect of Sam never knew her father. So she was seeing kind of what was idolized around him through the media and such like that. But like the whole like flashback visions of him. One, I don't think you need to CGI his face. The me Skeet Elger. Elrich still looks exactly the same and I it just looked more on the cheaper aspect that it kind of took me out of the film yeah. a little bit when those scenes would happen and I get he wasn't in there a lot and the when, when they showed him it was at certain angles so it didn't look as bad but for me I don't think it needed to be there at all. No I thought that was a wasted opportunity to do something that didn't even happen because things are like this they, you're dealing with a split personality di uh, disorder and you could do so much more with it than just that. Exactly. And, and it wasn't even like a split personality disorder. Like she was just having like PTSD no, thought, and like anxiety and depression from it all. But like she right. does like she doesn't know him. So like right. I guess the, I guess the whole idea of him It was it was very like weird. It didn't work for me. Yeah. Me either. It took me out of the movie just for a little bit. Yeah. It was like as soon as he's there, it takes me out, and then once he's gone, I'm right back into the film. And I think uh, I'd have to watch it again. I mean, you just watched it tonight, right? Right. Um, right. Um, but I don't yeah, remember I her ever telling anybody that she sees her sees visions of him. No, like I, she know, I know she told people that that um he's her dad. 
Right. But I don't remember her ever telling anybody that she actually sees visions of him. No, she, she doesn't, doesn't exactly. And, and you then see at the, the end, yeah. at the end, um, the boyfriend says, "You see visions of your dad." And I was like, "When did she ever say that?" Like for me, it was and she a big doesn't, problem. Yeah, yeah. And she and she definitely and she obviously <laughs> takes pills. You see at the beginning, she's holding a pill bottle and stuff like that. And I think that's just like kind of manifesting like help with what's going on with her thought process and everything because like this haunting secret is like eating away at her. But to me, like the whole visions of seeing like Billy to me, like that wasn't a scream movie. Like that, like <laughs> even in scream three, when Sydney is like, ha- Sydney has nightmares, like th- more throw it out like a nightmare aspect kind of in a sense. Yeah. I also think it kind of hurts his character as a whole because he kind of turned into like a, like a hero. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, I mean, like, yeah. Like, when you think about it, the way yeah. at the end, though, like when you're seeing him at the end, and he's like, like, like showing her the knife, or like you're almost like, oh yeah, Billy. Almost like, wait, and like he's a freaking serial killer. Why am I cheering? For him? <laughs> yeah, well, right. I mean, we got to see her, her psychoness kind of like yeah. appear. That like, yes, he lives with inside of her, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, yes, Billy was. A psych, a so a, would you say sociopath or psychopath? I don't know, but like his thing, he had a motive to why he was doing it. He was getting revenge up, upon his mom leaving his family because his father had an affair with Sydney's mother. Mm-hmm. So that's why he was doing all of these things. Yes, the whole thing of like killing other random people to get this all to like occur was definitely like craziness. That that mm-hmm. kind of stuff happens all the time. So for you to use that as an excuse of why you're doing it or as a motive um, is, I mean, that's okay, but there is definitely some psychoness there first before that happens. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you get that vibe fit yeah. from him throughout the whole film of there's definitely something up with him. And, but yeah, like for me, I just, the whole thing with skeeping and it. Yes. I, I enjoyed it. But like I said, I, my, my expectations were so high for this film that, yeah. like, my hopes are just were not met. Because, like, they did an g- amazing marketing campaign for, like, the 12 Days of Christmas for the Scream film. And everything they were showing, like, there was literally a little image, like, a little video they showed on Instagram of... Uh... Sorry, my dog's, like, trying to creep in again. <laughs> of uh, of uh, them doing, like, kind of, it was kind of like a Woodsboro murder thing, like documentary with Gail Weathers like sitting there like talking about like the anniversary of the deaths and stuff like like, there was just things there that like I thought with the marketing that should have been more involved within the film than that what it gave us right there should have been more for us to actually digest and go through to be honest with you the whole the whole thing with her having the vision of her father and stuff like that took me out of it I didn't think there was any need to actually be there. I get the fact that they're trying to do something more psychological, but it just doesn't deliver. It just doesn't do work with the way that they wanted to work or anything like that. She could have just went on ahead and basically say, Hey, look, I'm having some PTSD moments from whatever I'm from whatever uh, childhood trauma that I'm having and leave it at that, not have to show him showing up and making it look like that she's actually having a split personality disorder because that's the first thing I thought of was the fact that, oh, okay, so they're going the split personality route to where maybe later on maybe that part of her, the personality takes over and then therefore she's the one who continues off the rest of the screen franchise. That's what I thought mm-hmm. when I was going into it because they just didn't do anything with it. They just said, they just let him loom in the back and 
act like that she's controlling her thoughts and emotions and everything. And there's no delivery with that at all. But mm-hmm. I like how how they actually know what they're basically. This is a movie that knows what it is, and they know the target audience and stuff like that. This is not a misidentification of anything because of the fact of they have a lot of stuff that's very meta, very on the nose that I thought that was really good, to be honest. And, you know, I thought that I thought it was very good and well, well done as far as that goes. I didn't go in with high expectations. I went at like a medium. It came out like, eh, it was okay. It was, it was all right. Well, that was um, my thing. It, it wasn't, it was not a hands out. It was not a bad right. film. Right. It was yeah. not. The writing was great. Um, Things could have been a little bit tweaked, I thought. But for me, it was just, I get it's a slasher film. Totally understand that. I love this franchise. I felt very, I felt that the new characters were very underdeveloped. That, Mm -hmm. like, I just couldn't connect with them. I felt cold and distant when I walked out of the film. That I just felt like, "Mm," like, it didn't do anything for me that, like, the other films have done. Uh Like, I, I love the whole meta aspect. My One of my favorite things Me about too. this whole film was a lot of the Easter eggs that were thrown into it. I really dug a lot of that stuff. Um, for me, I felt like, I don't know, I felt more serious than like a different screen, like the other films. Kind the of tone was very really different. It was turned yeah. up a notch. And I, love, and I love the directors behind this, Radio Silence, that did Radio Not. Like, that was one of my favorite films that came out, what, in 2018, 2019, when that film... Uh, was released so like I was very excited I was very excited my hopes were just like such at a high bar that I haven't been that excited for a film in a while and I feel like that's what was the detriment of the film for me was the underdevelopment of this new crew Uh, I mean we'll get to the part when we discuss when they're talking about requels and they're all together in that room having those conversations Mm -hmm. that was my favorite part of the whole movie I wanted that scene should have been way longer. We could have mm-hmm. understood how everyone is connected more at T because that's what was sold to us so much that like everyone's related to someone. Like everyone knows the killer. Like we're all connected to the legacy cast somehow. And they really didn't touch upon that that much besides no. the rules of survival. Yeah. Besides obviously like Wes is connected to Judy, but like they said, like, well, she's not a legacy character. So you're fine. Like I thought that was a little bit funny, but like mm-hmm. Liv McKenzie, like, if no one realizes it's like the McKenzie's were the people that lived right next to Drew Barrymore when mm-hmm. the murder happened. Like yeah. that should have been like something so big to discuss or that the name is escaped me. Kyle. Um, what's Kyle's uh, character's name? Um, I don't remember, but he was uh Stu's cousin, right? He's, Stu, he's Stu's nephew. Right. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, that should have been way Huge. more discussed about. Yeah. And because the whole, in the beginning of Chad. the film, I'm what is his name? Uh, was Amber? No, well, there was Chad. That was the twin. And no, not Chad. It was it was oh. like the bad boy that Liv hooked up with. Like obviously, you, okay. I'm telling you right now, there was a scene between Liv and him when, at the scene when they go when Vince everyone's like Spider was the name. Yes, yeah. when they all decide to go to the hospital and Liv decides to stay. I'm telling you right now, there was a scene between Liv and that character, and it was just cut from the film, which is fine because did we really need it? Probably not. But like, I wanted more. Like, I'm sorry if if. Billy's aspect is going to be so big. I felt like Stu should have because I, he's one of my favorite characters. Like mine too. In the first film, that that should have been touched upon way more. Exactly, JT. I couldn't tell you a lot of the yeah. main characters' like names because I did not feel connected with them. And you know, I what felt my like thing they were was, forgettable. Yeah, and my thing was Scream Four 
we get new characters and I'm invested in them. I mm-hmm. like, I get them. I understand with them. I vibe with them. And this one, I just felt like we were just thrown with this group and they didn't explore the aspects of how everyone was connected more in detail, which that's like what hurt the film a lot for me was that I needed more, not that I need more time with them. I just needed more sense to understand them all. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that Scream 4 did a lot of what this one did, but better. Yes, like, I, yes, yeah. yes. Thank you. Yes, a hundred percent agree with that. Because here's the thing with this, I really didn't feel like the characters were very relatable or anything like that. I thought they were very one note, one. Even though you know, I get the fact it's a horror movie. Characters are supposed to feel kind of one dimensional in a sense, but hardly any layers because yeah, they're going to be extra. It's right. a slasher. We don't want to connect to them because they're just going to get killed off. But right. in Scream 4, they did such a great job about them. them. Right, yeah. because we're supposed to care about them. But the fact that we don't, that's that shows me that it's not... I guess what they're trying to do with the West character, trying to show homage to Wes Craven and everything too, that's the only character that I remember because of Wes Craven. All the other characters, like I don't remember any of the uh, the brother and sister names. I don't remember the boy no, the no, girlfriend. The only yeah. reason you remember them is that they're uh, uh, Randy's. Uh, the Meeks. Yeah. And those were my Meeks. favorite characters. And besides Tara, those were my favorite, especially the uh, sister, uh, the uh, sister of the twins. She mm-hmm. was my favorite character in the whole film because I loved the Randy aspect of her a lot. I loved mm-hmm. Tara because I thought she was funny, but I thought she also kind of brought the Sydney vibe a little bit to her that I thought was missing from Sam. My huge, my huge thing with this film was. Nothing against Melissa Barrera. I do not think she was the right character, mm-hmm. the right actress for this role I, at all. I could not connect with her. I feel so, I have not seen In the Heights, and I feel so bad saying this, but I thought she was not very good in this movie at all. Her emotion, I, I just couldn't connect 100%. with her at all. And I was just like, why can't Tyra be the main like chick that we're following right now? I get you already did follow the high school kids in four, but like, I just could not, I just couldn't. Every time she was on screen, I was just like pissed off. I was just like, oh, we have to deal with her. Like, I feel like she was overacting right on most of it. I felt like she was overacting. Yeah, when she didn't need to overact. I also, I don't know felt more of a connection with her little sister. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it was, but it was not. It was not good. And uh, I saw in the Heights, and she was fantastic in in the Heights. So I don't know what happened. Uh, something behind the scenes, maybe the directors. I, I don't know what happened with this role, but she definitely did not do as good as she can't could have done. But right. she, she's a good act. She's a really good actress, but yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. Let's see. I just want to, my fiance said, so I didn't miss anything. Eh, you missed some things. I'm going to be honest with you. There are some good things within the, this movie and everything. We're still on through some of the negatives that we have. Those faces brutality is probably the, the top the top thing. Yeah. But, yes. but you know what the else is brutal? Is, yes. But you know what else is brutal? Shaving oh, no. with the wrong no. tools. No. Shaving with the wrong tools for manscape. That's that's the bottom line. You want to shave with the best tools. You don't want to use with, a machete. No, not a machete, not a sharp knife. You want to use something great for your balls because I care about your balls, you know? And cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep about having clean and shiny balls all year round. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to save your balls this year and make the ball drop into 2022 the cleanest and sexiest ever because you want some sexy balls. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code 
Movie Lovers Night for 20% off plus free shipping. And here's the thing. I used to shave with the long stuff. I used to, trust me, before I got Manscaped, my stuff down there looked like a bonsai tree. I was shaving with the wrong stuff. You want to go in and shave with the right kind of tools, and Manscaped has the right thing for you. And a matter of fact, and it's a new year. New me with the global leaders and below-the-waist grooming. This year, take your package to the next level with the Performance Package 4.0 and brand-new ultra-premium body wash. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you find the signature lawnmower 4.0. The electric trimmer is designed to turn hair on loose skin. The advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. It also comes equipped with 4,000 LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land in 2022 looks to be good. A grooming routine isn't complete without crop preserver and crop reviver before showing off your 2022 self. This unique formulation takes care of the smelliest parts of your body and are a big boost to your confidence into the new year. And also too, then I also mentioned the fact that you can probably knock somebody the hell out with this shit. You can actually knock somebody out. If this was Scream right now, you could probably knock somebody out with this body, this body wash right Wish here. We might have had that in Scream 5. We might not even notice it. There were exactly. Eggs in this film. You know, and I agree, JT. What about Woman's Gate? Woman's Gate, they need some below the waist vagina grooming down there, though, too. You know. Right? But anyway, but you know, um, I care about yeah. men and women, both united, of course, as a movie lovers tonight. But, you know, <laughs> a grooming routine, like I said. To complete the set, Manscaped threw in the shit travel bag and anti-shaft and boxer briefs as a free gift to keep your goodies stored comfortably. And the new product that needs no introduction is the ultra-premium ultra body wash from Manscaped, like I just showed right here, solves all three of the perfect addition to your daily grooming routine. But in the shower, I shower every day and hope you do too. The body wash smells good. And it's cologne infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean and nice and moisturized. Kick discovered and poor hygiene to the curb in this year and use the best tools for the job. Just go ahead, get your 20% off discount code by using Movie Loves Unite. That's 20% off plus free shipping and handling with Manscaped using the promo code Movie Loves Unite. And now let's get back into our daily dose of screen. So. <laughs> So, with that being said, uh, what was some of the other stuff that I, to be honest with you, whenever I look at this film, I liked the, I was explaining the rules thing, because I even said this in the trailer, I said, I hope they go into a new detail of how they actually explain the rules, because we have a different viewpoint now with all the reboots, with all the re recreations of things, and also, too, with Halloween did with the franchise and try and do something different. So in my trailer reaction, I'm like, I'm hoping that they do a different set of rules to fit in with a 2022 uh, viewpoint. And that's what they did. I feel like they did a good job at explaining the different rules for this movie. And I like the rules that they did. What about you guys? Uh, for me, I mean, this is what I love about Scream. Scream, obviously, the original callback to slasher films. Scream 2 is about sequels. Three, Scream 3 is about trilogies. Four was about a reboot, and this one was about, well, a reboot remake, and this one was about requels. So I dug that a lot. For some reason, I don't know why, I feel like the rules that they said in the film are escaping my mind, because that scene should have been way longer, because mm -hmm. it was my favorite, like, one of my favorite scenes throughout Randy the whole Randy would have went on a full-on rant, to be honest with you, if Randy yeah. was in there. Yeah. No, exactly, and 
like I think I was just like so taken back by everything going on that I kind of like took me out from like listening to it all in detail and such like that. But I mean, I loved how they were going into the details of the recall and now that there are new rules and that no one's safe kind of in a sense. Like I really dug all of that stuff and that's what they were applying. I just wish that scene was longer and way more like in depth. With everything. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It should have been longer. Um, Mindy didn't deliver the rules with the passion that Randy or even Kirby <clears throat> did. Um, she was like that character took, uh, you know, she was there as, uh, you know, the new version of those characters in the past, but she didn't, she, uh, and I, I agree. She's a great character, um, but she just lacked the, just the passion and the fireness of, of being a fan. Her, her whole thing was just like, just like, Oh, just chill. You know, this is, these are the rules. Yes. Yep. Nope. But exactly. I mean, like, I no passion yeah. there. <sighs> so right. that's at least that's, when Randy had that thinking. passion. Right. Yeah. And even and Kirby. I, yeah. yeah. And I think that's like what the whole thing was, what we got with this new film was the whole discussion behind it all is fan uh, toxicity. Yeah. Like that is like the big takeaway from this film. And it really is because when you think about it, like people are just so meh about certain things. Like I'm not a toxic fan because I still appreciated what they gave us and such like that. Do mm-hmm. I wish it was different? Yes. But I mean, that was the whole takeaway from what I got from the discussion of the new rules was the fan toxicity of, Everyone wants to bring it back to the original, kind of in a sense like that. And what can we do to? But in their own, that? in their own way. In know? their own way, exactly. Yeah. So nobody can agree on how to do it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which would have been interesting if, um, if the two killers started off on the same page, and then as the movie went along, disagreed, and kind of went after each other. Don't yeah. they awesome. do a movie about about toxic fans? That's what I would have done. All right, quick question. because I'm gonna answer mine and then I want you guys. Who did you guys think were gonna be the killers in this film? Because I had multiple people I wanted to be going I in. Want, yes, I wanted Courtney Cox to be one of the killers, or I wanted it to be uh Wes Hicks and Judy Hicks, mm-hmm. like son daughter like duo. I thought that would have been rad. Or what I really, really wanted, and I've been preaching this since before they even made this movie, that it would have been like kind of like a cult following. That Stu is somehow still alive, and that the whole podcast, uh, murder mystery, like documentaries and stuff, has developed all these fans that want to bring it back to like the original. Like they're so diehard passionate that there's a cult following for it. That there's a multiple killers. Yeah, and that there's one leader behind it all, being the ringleader. But there was multiple ones, and no one really knew who the killer was. So like, people were just like killing each other, pretty much. Like, killers were killing killers, not even realizing it. Kind of sets like that. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I wanted so badly from this film. I wanted Stu to be the ringleader, be in jail, and have a cult following. And yeah, but what about you guys? Cool. So, go, going in, I thought Stu was still alive, and I thought that he yep. was going to be one of the killers. Mm-hmm. Now I, I, I figured that there probably would be a second killer, but I wasn't, I didn't know who that could be um, because obviously they introduced new characters. I thought the second killer was going to be a new character. One, when I was there watching the film and the reveal that um, Sam was Billy's daughter happened. I thought, I immediately thought uh, that the, uh, the, the girl who ended up being the killer, I forget her name. Um, I immediately thought that she was going to be one of the killers 
And yeah, that I feel Sue, like I knew right away she was one of the killers yeah. once like the whole thing was going down. And that Sue was talking. still alive, and that was his daughter. And that it was like it was like Stu trying to get revenge on Billy, Billy's family for not being uh, upfront with him about his motives and 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 basically ruining their whole plan, kind of thing. That's what I thought it was going to turn out to be. And to be honest with you, well, I wanted Matthew Lillard to come back. I was hoping I was one of the few people that were thinking that he's going to be back. Besides us, it wasn't a few people; it was a whole bunch of people. Even yeah. though Matthew Lillard said I was not approached for Scream, I thought he was going to do an Andrew. Ga- uh, Ga- not, you know what I'm saying? I thought he was going to be Andrew about. Goes, yeah. Right. I thought it was going to be like that. No. <laughs> right. You know, just a little Photoshop here, and I'm not there. But you know, I thought Matthew Lillard was going to show up. I, that would have been actually a shocking twist of it just being his daughter. And so, also, too, I, I like the podcast idea because I thought that we we're going to go ahead and adapt podcasting, especially now when we have more podcasters than ever doing stuff. Yeah, like and murder a, mysteries. And murder mysteries. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Which would make sense. And also, yeah. too, you can also have a crazed fan that goes and visits Matthew Lillard in the jail cell. That This and, is what I wanted. I, yes. I should have wrote this movie. Here's, right? here's, <laughs> That's what I so want. They could still do that because the, I I think I feel like that they set up a sequel, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, who better to tell Sam about her dad than his partner? Like I I can see her wanting to learn more about Billy and going to find Stu and talk to him in the mental hospital or wherever he might be at. So I yeah. I think I think yes. that that could still happen. I really do. Uh, let's see. JTE says they should have killed Cox, and they should have uh, would have been a better motivation for Dewey to help for the new kid. Arquette was a highlight of the film when he exits the film and suffers. To be honest with you, I was actually one of the well, obviously I was the only one in the theater because you know it's a weekday and I had the whole theater to myself. But I was actually crying whenever Dewey actually went out the way he did because it's like I saved these people; they're down in the elevator. Now it's now face-off time against me and Ghostface one last time, one last ride kind of deal. And not only that, but I also love the Dewey uh, music whenever he's walking in there like a wild, wild west. He's like walking in there limping and everything. I love, I always loved the Dewey music. That's what I always called it on screen, the Dewey music. Well, that was my thing was the Dewey, all right, so no, well, that's what, okay. The Dewey theme that was in Scream 2. We only technically hear it when he shows up at the kid's house when they're going to give the speech about what right. we call are and stuff. It would have been perfect for when he was dropping those bullets in the, mm-hmm. in the hospital, like going <laughs> rampage. Because I love the scene when he was just like, I had to go back and shoot him in the head because they're always alive unless you shoot him in the head. So that was a great callback to the original. Annoying sense was, why was no one helping him when he was being attacked kind of thing? I hated that. I get Sam, and that this is when I started to piece everything together. Why I get Sam has to protect her sister. What was what was Richie doing? Uh, Richie, yeah. And then, and then also my sense too was yes, it was badass that he was uh Ghostface was wearing the uh bulletproof vest. Yes. But I am sorry. Uh there's no way. M- Mikey Madis Mikey yeah, Madison no freaking way. is definitely five two. She's probably the same height as me. <laughs> Uh, Jack Queen is actually... like six two. Yeah. How is this small girl manhandling Dewey right now? Yeah. Right. Like, we, we, was... we were on the same page. I was like, "There's no way 
that that happened. Yeah. <laughs> now, there is a scene inside the house where you can definitely tell that there's actually just someone that is actually shorter than the other character, though. I don't know if you noticed it or not. But the way she, the person walks, it was like kind of like a girl kind of mannerism. Like, you know, they had the, yeah. um, they had, she had the knife and it was like, da, 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 and then disappears in the house. So I'm like, uh, it's a girl. It's a girl that's doing the killing. So, I mean, I can just tell with how possessive she was over mm-hmm. Tara as well. Like, to me, it was very strange that she was very possessive and obsessed with, mm-hmm. uh, like, Tara talking to Sam again and all this stuff. Because I thought, I swear I heard that, like, uh, Jenna Ortega's character and Mickey Madsen were, like, girlfriends, like, dating. But they weren't. They were just, like, good friends. So, yeah. like... I was like, all right, now this is where they're just friends. Why is she so obsessed with her, like, and controlling mm-hmm. over her in a sense like that? So I kind of already got that vibe from her. And, I mean, if anyone hasn't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you're crazy for not. But also, like, she just has that mentality as a psychopath, like, the way she just looks and stuff. Nothing against her. She is a beautiful woman. But I just get that mentality from just looking at her, like, you are a killer. Yeah. Maybe not yeah. in real life, <laughs> but in, in these movies, you are a killer. But I know, and it kind of, like, also in Scream 4, like, there was definitely, like, Emma Roberts' character and uh, Karen Karen Culkin. Like, they are short. So, like, it was kind of weird, like, seeing Ghostface. But, like, that didn't take me away from it. This mm-hmm. film, I don't know why, it just, the whole height differential thing took me away from it. Like, it's just, this is a small girl. How is he manhandling our man Dewey? Who, mm-hmm. yes, he needed to die because... He had reached his limits of how many times is this man going to survive a stabbing and like be okay and such like that. Like it was his time to go, but the way I was just like, "Why you got to do him like that?" It's a tiny little girl. Like, <laughs> I didn't like the way he, I didn't like that whole. Thing. I didn't like him going back. Um, I I think if they were going to do that, they should have done it when. Uh, when Ghostface first hit him, you know what I mean? And yes, yeah, uh, like him, I think like, even more powerful and do, more of an impact. We do, we do get that cool scene of him walking with, but they could have put that in at any point. You know what I mean? They could have did mm. it when he first got in the hospital. That scene mm-hmm. with the gun and and stuff. I mean, that was a great scene. But I just don't like. I mean, this man has been through four of these. He should know better than to go back alone, know, by himself, especially alone. Yeah. yeah, it was. I hated it. It was out of character. And um, I just, I, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what else, though? <laughs> and yeah, I cried because he died, but I also didn't like the way he went out either, to be honest. I'm like, it mm-hmm. felt kind of forced. I get what they're trying to go for, but I have to agree with JTE. I'd much rather have Fox be killed and then Dewey's on a rampage for revenge and it makes him that much angry at Goface to kick his ass even more. And then yeah, during that rage. I would have been down for that. Like right, the rage then, of him like going after Ghostface to get his revenge and then get being killed. Because it was sad right. like to see him go. Like I love these legacy characters. I really do. I'm i I'm still one of the people that are extremely mad that Randy died in Scream yeah, Two. I was too. But me like too. for me, like I love these le- legacy characters. I knew if anyone was gonna go, it was gonna be Dewey in this film. But the way he just went, like, yeah, like, the elements of how it all played out that I feel like it could have been more emotional if, say, 
Cox was attacked and he wanted to go get his event. Like he was just furious, not thinking. And that's why it happened. Cause like he had, he had the most screen time out of all the legacy characters in this film. Like he really was like the heart for them because we see him like, I'm sorry. I dug like his scene in the, in his trailer. Like they never touch upon Tatum, like really being killed besides in scream three. They talk about it a little bit. Like we get to see, like she had like her ashes were in his, in his, uh, trailer like i thought that was like little nice things like you can see that he is has ptsd now from all of this like it's all caught up with him that now that he's just like i'm not a survivor i'm more suffering from everything i've been through as soon as soon as sydney said uh i'm glad whoever this is has you to protect them i knew he was gonna die Mm -hmm. as soon as that line came out of her mouth i knew it was gonna happen because like she if she if she doesn't say that i don't think he goes back and helps them Mm-hmm. No, that that line just like made him think. Oh God, I got to do this. <laughs> well, another thing too is let's talk about the boyfriend and everything too. Uh, too the motivations with him being the killer, and you know Dewey's picked him out of the out of the spotlight already. He's like, it could be you. You could be the killer, and he actually gives the explanation as to why because of the rules and regulations on how horror movies are actually set up. The love interest, and, right? Mm-hmm. The love interest, which I, I, I was already like picked that. him out. Yeah. yeah, I already picked him out already. Already, but I, as far as Amber goes, I was aiming more towards Amber being the killer. Then I'm like, well, what if it's not? What if it's another character and everything too? And I'm like, no. And I was just going back and forth with it a little bit. I was kind of like lukewarm. I didn't know if it might have been Amber or not, but my suspicions was Amber and everything once you get into towards the end of the film, especially whenever you see that white gate that actually looks very familiar to the very first screen movie. I'm like, wait, that, that gate, that white picket fence looks familiar to me. And yeah. like, I, I, I recognized the house before they revealed it. I was like, Oh, that's, yeah. that's whose house. Head talk real <laughs> quick, guys. I am sorry. There has been four of these films. This house is like the murder house in Woodsboro. Mm-hmm. I get it. Kids are dumb. Can I swear? Because yeah. What the fuck? I'm sorry. <laughs> if I knew that these murders took place in this house, fuck no, I'm not going back into this house and party. I'm like, what? Everything that's happened in this house, like my last thought was, yeah, let's go, let's go have a celebration party for Wes. <laughs> like, how did no one even think to be like, yo, we're going to Stu's house right, like house right now? Like, I would be like, I'm not stepping ten feet from that house because bad things happen there. Like. And I get like they had to keep that as a secret kind of innocent, but I wish they touched upon that more within the film that like Amber was connected because she lived in Stu's house. Like, I don't know. They could have like brought that up and been like, someone could have made a joke about like, well, you're the killer because you live in Stu's house. Like, like little things like that. Yeah. Because one one of my also favorite scenes is when they're in, when they're in the uh, basement, when it's Amber and Mindy and they're like, well, you're the killer. Well, how do you know I'm not the killer? Like, that, I was love, that was great. I love that scene. That was a great yeah. dialogue scene of them going back and forth with each other. Because I was like, fuck, maybe they're both the killers. And they're just like fucking with us right now, just having that, this conversation. That <laughs> reminds me of the video store conversation in the first <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I really, that was another one of my favorite scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's Mine what I mean. Too. Like, some of the dialogue in this film was awesome. <clears throat> one of my things I didn't like was like the so meta thing of when they're in Wes's house and you're like, oh, he's ghost faces behind the refrigerator door. Oh, no, he's not. Like, they were just like fucking with us. Like, yeah, yeah. And I get they had to do that, but they did it way too many times. It was like and three times like, in a row. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm like, come on, like. And I would have been happy with him getting with... attacked in the shower, like in Psycho, because like he references right. that. That would have been funny to be like him running around the house like <laughs> naked or something, like <laughs> like something like that would have been great to see. I love I how Ghostface plays games with these people in this one. Like I, I, I didn't see, I haven't seen like that kind of level of psychological warfare in the in the previous ones. Like like with Judy, you know, he's like, I'm gonna kill your son, right? But he. <laughs> Like that was just to get her back to the house. To kill her, yeah. To kill her, and then going after Wes. And there were many, many things like that throughout this movie that aren't set up that way in the previous ones. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Are making sense? Yeah. Yeah. Which I did though, because it made it made Ghostface more clever in this film. Yes. Yes. You, you had to. We've got we've had so many of these same murder, like not same murders happen, but. The way that they're set up also similar that it was nice to see Ghostface be more clever and recognizes they are a smart killer, not just. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember in uh, the opening scene in Scream Two when uh, they kill Cotton's girlfriend and Cotton's yeah. ready to get back? Yeah, Scream Three. Yeah. Yeah, Scream Three. Uh, yeah, Scream Three. Sorry. Um, no, it's okay. That, the scene with with Judy and West reminded me a lot of that, but it was the kind of reverse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like the fact that they play, that this Ghostface played games with them, and yeah. it's something that we haven't seen, like you guys mentioned. And just to get her back over at the house and kill the both of them, it's it's really smart. It's yeah. smart, to me. I think that it was very smart writing when it comes down to that. And also, too, I was thinking, well, how is Wes going to die? And everything. And also, too, I like how they set a slow pace on how Wes dies. He's setting up the table for him and his mom to have dinner. He has to wind up for his mom because he's expecting her. At every turn, I'm expecting Ghostface to come out out of nowhere and just kill him. But no, it's a slow type of burn kind of style of the way he does it. And then finally, when he gets ready to kill him after those mother, it was perfectly well done on that part. I thought it was really good. Oh, yeah. No, the kills were awesome in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Personally, maybe because I love Dylan Manette. I'm a huge fan of him. I love his band Wallows. (laughs) Um, and shout out to them that at and they ending credits they had a song playing within the film, which was cool. But I feel like they just killed him because they just had to have a party in honor of West. Like I liked that mm-hmm. scene of them cheering to West because that wasn't just for the West character; that was for West Craven. Yeah, like them cheering to him. Like that's what him dying is. What made the party? I think what the party should have been was the whole podcast or twenty fifth anniversary yep. thing party celebration coming together but they could have also been cheering to west because west died that night or something like the night before or something but kind of to what uh jt said in the comments like the fact that the the whole thing to get the carpenters to the house Stu's house yeah that once i realized that uh that uh richie brought tara to the car uh and then she couldn't find the inhaler I knew right away he took the inhaler. Like something was up. And like like that was kind of like pissed me off. Like that's how they had to get back to the house. This girl was just brutally stabbed a bunch of times. How is she even walking around right now? Like mm-hmm. to go do, like <laughs> go to her friend's house real quick. And they're having a huge crowd and you want to go inside. Like Right. It didn't make any sense because remember, she's can't even wheel wheel herself out of a, into a wheelchair or anything like that. Remember how slow she was moving? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're just going to take you out of this hospital now after our friend is dead. And 
go over to your friend's party who we think that has the inhaler when really it's actually a douchebag ball bag boyfriend who has it all along, which whenever he, whenever it was not, not there in the back, I'm like, well, who could have went on ahead and have the bag in his possession? It's the boyfriend. It's a no brainer. Yeah. And everything. And a matter of fact, like JTE says, how about the fact that the boyfriend whole plan to get them into the house by hiding her inhaler what if she was just like never mind i'll just go get the inhaler at cvs yeah then what would you have done <laughs> right. I, mean, I had a huge discussion jada's in the comments as well i had a huge me and jada are huge scream fans i had a huge discussion with jada about this whole thing of what everything how it all went down and played out and he loved the film and i enjoyed the film i think what made <laughs> me so disappointed about the film was that everyone else was loving it besides me and I, that just made me feel like shit about myself. So I was like, damn, I want to appreciate this film as much as everyone else, but I can't because I am so out of it right now. I'm so meek and, huh, no pun intended, and so uh, like cold and distant from it all that I couldn't. Because some things leading up to it, I thought was like just like cheap storytelling, like the whole inhaler <laughs> thing. Like it could have been something else that had to get them back to that house or something. Like the podcast, right. just saying. Like, <laughs> uh, how could. How- the, the, when they tried to frame Tara, like, how could anyone suspect her? Like, she just got oh, the opening scene was brutal. Like, right? What? Who? Not gonna lie, I did for, kind right? of think. I, not gonna <laughs> lie, I did kind of think like, holy shit, maybe Tara is in on it no because she wanted to go to the house. Like, I thought maybe she just she was just like, I'm lying. Like, I just need to go to this house so I can get you guys there. Because at one point, I really did think I was like, shit, it's Amber and Tara. Like, they're the ones yeah. teaming up to do it. Yeah. I was thinking that too, that. though. Never bought it. <laughs> I mean, but it makes sense to not buy it at all. <laughs> to be honest with you, I was thinking that too, though. It's like she comes in limping. Everybody's cheering her and everything because she's back at the house. And I'm thinking, okay, this is the time when she pretends, oh, I can walk again. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I thought that she was going to go this, oh, it's a miracle kind of thing. Oh, I can walk again. Now let me go on ahead and get my revenge and everything. We, we saw Ghostface break her ankle. It's like that. Snap that it wasn't pretended. Uh, well, also too, <laughs> Stu. As a, on the first one, we see Stu and them stab each other. So, what makes me think that? That's why I thought Tara could have been involved because right. I was like, yeah, she did get brutally fucked up, but she survived. <laughs> we never see a screen film when the opening scene, the person survives. Right. So, like that was my like takeaway because also like. Then again, there are not that many deaths in Scream. Like, there's probably like I think seven is like the uh, is like the average kill thing. But I think in this film there was only like five kills. There was a lot of more attacks. Yeah, there's a lot of people that survived. Yeah, there were a lot of people that survived in this movie that were attacked. Let's see. Hold on. Uh, Um, I think there was like five or six people. Someone asked me like I did a show uh, before the movie came out, and they were like. Uh, over and under like 11 deaths and I was like definitely under I was, like, definitely, like, yeah there's like five, five or like if you so count if you count the host if you count the security got the cop at the hospital it would be like six I think I don't know if you counted so him or not there's uh um uh the guy at the car right mm-hmm. right um then there's Dewey. Judy and Wes Judy yep, and Wes yep. and then the security yep. guard at the hospital mm-hmm. that was so it. yeah does live? Does anyone know if Liv survives? Killers, then it's seven. Yeah, did Liv survive though? Because I can't remember. If she yeah, did Vin, not. Vin, who? 
Liv McKenzie? Did she survive? Oh, I no, yeah, remember. that's right. Yeah, I forgot about her. Yeah, eight. I don't know yeah. if she survived or not, though. She got her face blown off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She <laughs> <laughs> cannot survive, no. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's see. Eight, eight if you Jader. So, yeah, there so, were kind of more kills than usual. I wasn't counting the two killers at the end, so yeah. Yep. But overall, I thought this was actually a good way of actually doing things. My, To be honest with you, I didn't have any expectations going in. Mine was set at a medium. Whenever people were talking about, oh, how good the Rotten Tomato meter was and how great it was getting good reviews and people were hyped up for it, I'm like, you know what? I think I'll go in and check this movie out because it has some curiosity about how they actually link Courtney Cox back, David Arquette back, and Nev Campbell back. There has to be a reason to have them back and why they feel so passionate about being back in screen. So I'm like, you know what? I want to check this out. My bar will be at a medium. Maybe then I won't be that disappointed. But I can understand how you can have high expectations and those expectations are not met. For example, my co-host Charlie went into Spider-Man No Way Home and he felt like his all the predictions that we did met up to the expectations. But for him, because those expectations were met, it just didn't go well for him at the movie or anything like that because he wanted something more besides the predictions going right. For me, yep, I'm Lee- never going into a film high hopes ever again. <laughs> That's what ruined it for me. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, JT would definitely get a touch on that because I would not end the show yes. without raising this. But before we yeah. do that, though, what did you guys think of the motive of the two killers? I hate, One, I, hate I hated that they were boyfriend and girlfriend because this guy's like 25 and she's like weird. a 16 year old girl. They met on Reddit. Like, I get it. It's a whole. I liked that the motive was toxic fandom, but I wanted that to be like. In Scream One, that the last twenty minutes of the film is literally them like discussing the motives and everything, being in the kitchen. Movies well, don't create yeah. psychos; they make psychos <laughs> more creative. Yeah. And this one, they were just like toxic fandom. Toxic right. fandom, like that's, that's it. They like I wanted to go into detail about toxic fandom. Then, yeah. like I get, like yeah, like for the stab they made, franchise, they made Stab Eight, and it was terrible. So we're gonna guess kill who, who directed Stab Eight, guys. Uh, I, I, but, I know who. Hold on, it was uh, they referenced, the director of Star they, Wars, right? Yes, but, Ryan Johnson. Yeah, they yeah, Johnson, well, they yeah. reference they reference the Last Jedi. I feel like a lot yeah. in a, this film a lot without saying the Last Jedi, but they reference it a lot because I feel mm-hmm. someone saw this movie. My friend Matt, you guys might know Matt Thomas uh, from uh, What Real Entertainment. He literally messaged me right after he saw the movie because he saw it a day before I did, and literally goes. Paige, I know you weren't the biggest fan of The Last Jedi, so I don't know how you're going to feel about this film. And I was like, fuck, like, what does that mean? Because I've like learned to appreciate it. But now I was like, fuck, he was right. Like, But I thought it was funny that they referenced Ryan Johnson a lot in this film. Yeah. Also, like, when Mackenzie goes, right. isn't that the guy that directed so, Knives Out? Like, it would have been much better if the motive was something that was connected to uh, the characters, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the, the toxic fandom thing was just like a red herring, kind of like what you were about to say, I think, in Scream 1, um, when Stu just thinks that they're psychos, right? Like, we're just psychos. Kill- and then and then when the reveal happens that Billy actually does have a real motive, yeah. Stu, Stu is completely shocked. And he's all like, what? 
Um, so hey, pressure. Yeah, if they did something like that, it would have been a lot better. A lot better. Oh and yeah, no, I completely. Or like show, like I, I mean, someone told me if I go back and rewatch it, I will get the whole theme of the fan toxicity throughout the whole film yeah. while yeah. watching it. I did it's not there. get it until the very end. Yeah. I was more into the whole thing of it's a requel. It's a sequel mm-hmm. reboot. That's what was in my head the whole time, not the toxic fanicity. Because if they gave that to us more throughout the film with the motives, I would have appreciated the motive way more. Because, like in Scream Four, like the whole motive is like to reboot it, it to start silly. it all. Like that made sense. Yeah, like this, like yeah, yeah, this one right here. What they should have like throughout the whole movie, they should have been talk- talking about toxic fandom within films and such like that. Like. They always say like Richie isn't into horror movies, like mm-hmm. nothing like that. Like, yeah, Kirby should have made an appearance. Just saying because she's alive, she guys. Did. She know. did make an appearance. Well, yeah, on the other side <laughs> screen. Yeah, <laughs> but I have to agree with you guys though too with the whole entire deal where you actually have two fans from me off of Reddit. It made more sense for not to be honest with you. I was creeped out. I'm like, wait, this girl's in high school, dude. You're like. Tw- 20 yeah. 30 years old like I'm i like, liked i liked i'm like the motive but i just wish it was more throughout right. the film and talked about and discussed because right. toxic fandom that is a great way to do it because what are we dealing right now within franchise that toxic city toxic yeah Right, because here's the thing. We deal with this every day when we review movies. Christian Harloff goes through this. Everybody within the movie-going community goes through this. So it's actually perfect to actually put that in its place. But my my thing is this. You didn't have to have them as a, like a love interest. You could have two fans who doesn't like, who's actually just sick and tired of the toxicity and stuff like that and do it off of that. You don't have to go in ahead and make them boyfriend and girlfriend. It made exactly. it too creepy. Because that freaking seventeen year old girl, a sixteen year old girl, kept calling him, said "babe" at least like seventy five times. I was like, "Dude, we get it, okay? You should have just been two fandom people that could have been just meeting up for the first time doing these killings. Like that would have been cool to see. Like, I don't know, but I like the motive. I just wish it was discussed throughout the film more." Agreed. And uh, Jadar was wondering, did you guys see the Stu uh, Matcher YouTube mention? No, I I I saw Kirby. I saw Kirby the Kirby there, thing. Jade is the one that gave me all these Easter eggs. He's like, you see this? You see that? And I was like, well, damn, man. <laughs> I got to go back and rewatch it. He's seen this movie for three times already. So, <laughs> Well, speaking of Easter eggs, there's actually a woman who resembles Gail from the very first Scream movie whenever she's a new, the newscaster and is pan-angling out. And she's wearing a yellow dress. Yes. That's what I'm saying. The Easter eggs in this film were awesome. They gave us what we wanted. Mm. I dug mm. it. I liked the motive. I just didn't mm-hmm. like how it was perceived and portrayed at the end and how it was right. like thought out. I loved the callback to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, how Mickey mm-hmm. Madison died, because that's exactly how she dies in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like little things like that, like I giggled. I'm a huge Tarantino fan, so I dug that so much that I was like, huh, this is awesome. I know what's going on right now because I've seen that other film. Like, <laughs> And I liked that they talk about other heart, like they talk, yes, we're at the 2010s, 2020, like, this era now of horror films are more psychological films. So the fact that they're talking about the Babadook and like Hereditary and like the witch and stuff, like it makes sense. And I love those little gags that we got throughout the film. I just wish the film and the meta of it was awesome too, but I feel like it took itself too serious. And I feel like the character of Sam was 
wasn't portrayed the way I wanted it to, which took me away out of it. Nothing against that actress, but I don't think she was meant for the role. I don't think she was good in the role. Like, I think it should have followed. I wish we got more of the high school kids. Those are the kids I liked more throughout the me film too. than the older people. I thought Richie was hilarious with some of his stuff that he got, like, was given with the script work and stuff like that. But I also just like Jack Quaid because I like the boys. So, like, it was just, like, little things like that that, like, like I said, I walked out of the film just feeling, hmm. Yeah, me too. There is This movie did do one thing that I want to mention that I haven't seen anybody talk about, by the way. Um, any, any reviewer or any fan, I haven't seen anyone talk about it yet, but they completely flipped the script on who is supposed to die in horror films. All, all of the minorities and the people of color lived. All of the white mm-hmm. males, every yep. single one of them dead. <clears throat> that so is true. Yeah, you were totally right. And that's what I liked. Well, that's another thing is it's taking that whole aspect yeah. of we're gonna do what they don't do. Like, like we're gonna make it different. Yeah. Like, keep let the gay characters live. Let the yeah. like. There's always the joke that like if you're gay, you're gonna die. If you're like, yeah, I'm the only black kid at the party. I'm fucked. <laughs> like little like I liked that that we got that mediocre of it yeah. all of. It was the different tropes weren't taken out. That it was, you know what? Let's kill the the people that kill, actually usually the ones. Let's kill well. West. Let's kill uh, yeah. uh, Richie. All white males. Right. All dead. Yep. <laughs> I dug that a lot. Actually, I'm glad Me you too. mentioned that because that is something that isn't t- talked about at all. Which I think yeah. does it gives it gives it a new flavor a little bit within the film because it is doing something different than the other films did do. Right on. Uh, so let's go on ahead and do our rankings, and then from there we'll close out after the rankings. Okay. So I'll let you guys go first, and then after that I'll go last. <laughs> All right. Um, I I have uh, Scream 96 first. I have Scream 4 second. I have Scream 2 third. I have Scream 22 fourth, and then I have Scream 3 last. All right, all right. I thought we were going to have the same exact one, and I was like, fuck, this is too easy. <laughs> so for me, even though I wasn't the biggest fan of this film, I've learned to appreciate it more. The more I've, I've sat on it, um, I need to go see it again. Now that I know what to expect, I want to go see it again. Because um, I feel like with all the screen films, the more you sit on it, the more you learn to appreciate them, kind of in a sense. You're like, oh, I, I like what they did there, kind of sense. So yeah. for me, 96 film, up here. Stays up here because it's the best horror film ever. It's what got me into horror. That is my that is my top five. That's my second favorite movie of all time. Two is Scream Four. I love Scream Four. The whole meta aspect of it. I thought that was the best way to do a reboot remake sequel. And then for me, I will say, definitely down the notches, a little bit down the ladder would be Scream Twenty Twenty Two, and then Scream Two. And then Scream 3. Scream 2 would be hot over this new film if Randy didn't die. So for me, it's <laughs> the original Scream, Scream 4, this film, Scream 2, and then Scream 3 down the line. We're okay. real close. Yes, we're very close. We'll just have like a couple of them. One mix. One of them will be good. Okay, for me, it's going to be Scream 1, of course, because I went to the movie theaters to see it with my mom at age 12 or 10 at that time. So I went and I saw that one. And then Scream 2, I saw all these movies in theaters. So Scream 2 would be my next one. And then after that, it would be Scream 4. And then next to that would be Scream 3. And then finishing it off with Scream 2022. 
Oh, okay. So you have it at the bottom really? of the barrel. I, yeah. I remember I messed it when you asked me to be on the show. I was like, I got some hot takes on this, but mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of, we're kind of all on the same page about it. And right. you guys are the first people I've discussed with this film that weren't like, so like, yes, this film is awesome. It gave me everything I needed, which makes me feel happy. Cause I'm not the only person that felt like, right. I loved what the that. fuck did I just get? Like I needed more. Like, right. like I walked out, I'm like, eh, I liked it. Didn't love it. But it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was know? a bad film. Yeah, right. I haven't seen a screen movie that I haven't liked yet. But this, the, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I liked them all, but it just wasn't great. You know, it was. Yeah. it was okay. How many times have you seen it, John? Have you only seen it once? This is my first night seeing it, so it's like fresh in my head. As a matter of fact, I was the oh, only yeah. one in my theater to go see. Like, I have the whole theater to myself. So when Dewey dies, I'm basically bawling a little bit, crying some man tears. <laughs> and stuff like that but i have the whole theater to myself and then as i'm walking out and because i'm like i just got to sing a horror movie i'm like is Ghostface gonna pop up now or what i'd be terrified <laughs> they're gonna scream too all over again i right? wish for the campaign they fucking like handed like they can't yeah like wish they could hand out fucking like stab like uh me too like, like that, like, that would have been so rad because some dude that when I, I went on opening night I went on thursday some dude was wearing like the scream uh, like cape, like outfit, but he didn't have the mask on. But I thought it would have been funny if he had the mask on with an actual mask over it. Like that would have been clever as fuck. But <laughs> nowadays we live in a world that's so fucked up that I don't blame people that for not allowing no. someone to wear a mask into a theater. So like, <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, guys, I do want to thank the both of y'all for being on here and everything. Jason, we've been trying to get stuff together. I remember yeah. when we were going to do Candyman, and yeah. the hurricane came in and ruined that for us. So yeah. I'm just glad that I was able to go on ahead and do a screen review with you. And Paige, one of these days. Yeah. You'll yeah. have me on for a movie that I really, really liked. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> right. So far, Magnet, we didn't like that one. No, I didn't like we, it. We liked, it was all right. <laughs> well, we did, liked uh, A Quiet Place 2, but yeah, not as great. Like Good, yeah. Right. And then um, this one. But did, we, did we do The Conjuring 3? No, that was me and Crichton Hobbs that did yeah, that right. one. Right, yeah. But another thing, though, too, is I'm going to actually have you on tomorrow night for yes, your interview. Mm-hmm. For your indie movie uh, Masquerade, which is yeah. getting a lot of positive buzz over the independent film festivals and all that stuff. Congratulations to you, Jason. Thank you you definitely you. deserve it, especially all the callbacks that you did to Scream, Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street, and all that little flavor over there. It's just great to be be able to be able to do this interview. Hey, you said you like Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Send me this link, man. I just That's became a freaking... full of them. Okay. In fact, uh, in fact, there's one uh there's one homage that I did to a classic uh horror film that nobody has 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 noticed yet. So I'm I'm waiting for somebody to notice it and and tell me. Hell and yeah fact, man I, horror is my jam let me know how I can find it and watch it because oh, I am always down to find new things, especially when it's independent. I just became a member of uh, Film Independent, actually. Oh, nice. So I'm very excited to like dive <laughs> deeper into like uh, independent like horror films and such like that. So, and I might oh, actually have to have you on too, Paige, for some indie uh, films, short film stuff that I'm doing. So, yeah, uh, man. So I'll definitely go ahead and send you an invite for that. But speaking of which, where can everybody follow you at Paige if you guys want to go on ahead and follow follow her? Uh, yeah, you guys can check me out on Instagram and Twitter at FrontPageNews9. I also run uh, Feature Flicks without the C on Instagram. Been on a D-lag right now. Work's been crazy. Trying to prep for some stuff coming up. 
We shall see. The reboot is happening, so who knows? Um, I also write reviews for Bite Size Breakdown on uh, Instagram. We will soon be dropping a website, which will be awesome. But yeah, guys, stay sweaty. Don't say I'll be right back because you probably won't with this new ghost face. So no, unless, unless you're a, a person of color, then you'll survive. Yeah. <laughs> stabbings. I'm fucked. I'm like I have dirty blonde hair and blue eyes. I'm screwed. <laughs> and I'm a small. I'm small. I don't understand how the the twin brother survived. I mean, he had the guy. I, I literally. I'm yeah. Me I know we're talking about the film, but that dude, he was literally peeled over like. Yeah, Mason Goodingo is just too good that he had to stay alive. That's right, because he's hilarious. I, I, I thought Mindy was gonna survive because she just got like a little graze in the shoulder and and then she fell over in the corner. But I don't know how he survived at all. Like, you know he, why? He got, he because he was up. smart enough when he was hooking up with his girlfriend that he was like, "I ain't going upstairs with you. You might be the fucking killer." I think I'm being like <laughs> right. that was another great scene. That so. was hilarious. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but uh, JPE wants to know, Jason, is your. Uh, is there a Critter's Easter egg in your film? There is not. Ooh, There's not a Critter's sorry, Easter egg. You weren't right. Mm. <laughs> I'll have but to Jason, put that one in the next one. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. But Jason, where can everybody follow you at on your social medias as well? Uh, you can search me on Facebook, Jason Pitts. Um, I'm on Instagram. It's jason.steven.pitts. And I'm also on Twitter. I don't remember what the handle is. You can probably search it, though. Jason Pitts. <laughs> I also have a YouTube, YouTube channel. There's not much there. Uh, there my, my first short film alone is there. The trailer for Masquerade is there. Uh, a very short film, uh, like a seven-minute film called Mama Lou's Bridge is there. Um, so, yeah, there's a there's a few things there that you guys can check out on my YouTube. Just search Jason, Jason Pitts. All right. And, of course, you guys can go on and follow me on Movie Lovers TV Lovers Tonight on Facebook, underneath the same brand name, on Instagram, and on Pinterest as well. If you want to get an audio-only podcast of our episode, what we do here at Movie Lovers Tonight, you guys can get that at all major podcasts. Of course, go on ahead. If you want to, go on ahead and show me some love. How do you do that? You just go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Movie Lovers Podcast. Donate five dollars over there. But simply just liking uh, this video and also subscribing and commenting on this video goes a long way here at Movie Lover Tonight. Another thing, too, is that I want to mention is this Jason will be on the show again t- tomorrow night. So if you want to enjoy another segment of Jason Pitts, a.k.a. Ghostface, you guys can go on ahead, pop in at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. And also, too, I want to mention this. I actually teamed up with Two Blur Girls Podcast, and we are actually doing a charity event with uh, Children's of St. Jude's Hospital. So go ahead, get yourself a Sensi. All proceeds go over to the Children of St. Jude's Hospital. You can find that link in the link below. Also, too, go ahead over, go over to Good Pods. Good Pods is a great place for social media. Basically, it's like podcasters for social media and everything. Or if you're somebody that loves listening to podcasts, go over to Good Pods. Give me a five star rating. We can also, you guys can also comment, and I can actually reply back to you guys as well. So you guys go on ahead and do that, and I'll reply back to you. Then, of course, if you want to follow me underneath TikTok at Movie Lovers Unit Zero, and then of course on Twitter as well at Movie Lovers Unit over there. And then, if you're a sponsor and like to be on the show, just reach out to me at Movie Lovers Unite at gmail.com. And I just want to thank everybody inside the live chat, JTE. Thank you, dude, for popping in here and everything. I enjoyed doing the Rambo Two review with you. Couple months back, we're really gonna have to we're gonna have to do another collaboration soon. Yeah, Thank dude, you, I want to be on a show with JTE. Let's talk about hey, another come on. movie. Let's do it. I want to know what JTE's favorite scary movie is. 
That is not a good Roger L. Jackson ghost face at all. uh, I like that he was back in this, by the way, guys. We didn't touch on that, but. Well, guys, that's going to do it for the show for tonight, but we'll be back again tomorrow night, like I said. And also, too, before I go uh, into that show tomorrow night at 9 o'clock Central Time, I'm going to be doing another show with Alex from E-Town Reviews doing Eternals. So that's going to be another one after that one. So we have two shows going on tomorrow night, but that's okay. I'm going to be excited. So always until next time, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. Can't wait to do this again. Bye-bye.